0: Hello, Cyclocross friends, and thanks for tuning in to episode 287 of Cyclocross Radio. On this episode, we are talking about the beginning of the Cursed Period. These are the crazy times. So we, yeah, we cover Mall just, well, maybe not even at all, and uh, we uh, get into Havra, and we get into Zolder, and boy, after watching Degum today, which we didn't talk about, it already seems like we're way behind in this. Uh, so, so too many races, not enough time, but uh, had a nice conversation with Michael, Zach, uh, not on this episode. Hopefully he'll be back next week, but it was just a two, two-person media pit. And uh, yeah, we got we got into a lot, and I think we got uh, distracted by a lot of it, which, which means we didn't even mention, for instance, the Zolder Jr.'s men's race, where Danny. English and Andrew August finished fourth and fifth, and then Magnus White and David Thompson finished seventh, eighth. Great, great results for for American riders. So really, really good to see there. Heck, we almost missed the sprint in that race because we're so involved in just chatting about the excitement of cyclocross right now i think if if you're not watching these races you are missing out on what's going to go down as one of the best months of cyclocross racing on the women's and the men's side maybe ever so get into it make sure you catch up on all the races that you may have missed and get uh ready for more to come we got low and how probably as, uh, that you'll be watching as this releases, and then a ball as well. Before we get into the episode, just quickly, two things that you already know, but I'm just going to hit home anyway. First off, Cyclocross Radio is part of the Wide Angle Podium Network. We would love for you to be a part of that network too by becoming a member. You can do that at wideanglepodium.com. You can support this show. You can support Grodio. We just put out a lifetime. Grand Prix Preview with uh, Chris Melman, which was a really fun show to record. Nowhere Fast has been kicking out episodes nonstop. Slow Ride is just going along and doing slow ride stuff. And then Rob over at Criterium Nation is getting you all ready for the upcoming crit season. Follow those shows. Become a member. Help support the network so that we can keep independent cycling media alive. WideAnglePodium.com. Along those same lines, especially with the independent cycling media lines, uh, d- despite being under the weather for this show, Zach has uh, been crushing the bulletin, putting out just really great pieces uh, this week. You know, one on uh, Machu Vanderpool about how baffling his season is, which I think as is, is not was not only timely but also was prescient and uh, continues to be. So, please uh, go to. CXairs.substack.com. Sign up for the Bulletin. Subscribe to the Bulletin. It really helps us, again, support uh, what we're doing and supporting independent cycling media. Okay. It's the Media Pit, episode 287, A Cycle Across Radio. We've got Michael and myself. We're talking about Zolder. Havra and video games. And we're doing all of it right now. We are back in the media pit. It's uh just uh, me and Michael tonight. Zach, Zach is on the uh, injured reserve for right now, but hope to have him, him back soon. Michael, uh, doing your uh your festive 500-ing and it looks like you're killing it tell me about tell me about the ride so far in not so balmy new orleans
1: <laughs> yeah i mean i almost like texted you and like bill i don't know if i can make it i was i was cracked today around three o'clock um did a century with some friends for the festive 500 um we have had cold weather i will say that on christmas eve it was 22 degrees in New Orleans with the wind chills and the 17 degrees. That is the coldest ride I've ever done. I got 30 miles in, and oh my God, I don't ever want to ride in the cold again. Uh, yeah, I, I like my balmy temps. But today we did a fun ride, and we have a group ride called Tuesday Loops, and it's an eight-mile loop around City Park in New Orleans, and we do it three times on a Tuesday night uh, during daylight savings. We decided let's do the 12 loops of Christmas and that will make a century um, on a Tuesday. But we started in the morning and um, it's if you look at my Strava, I posted it on the uh, Instagram. It's it's a ridiculous looking century where we do one loop and uh, it was fun, um, a bit repetitive. But we like had like some sandwiches in the car that we'd stop. A very typical in New Orleans. We had mini muffalettas uh, and mini cokes and uh, yeah it was a good time I think four of us actually did the full century people came in during the day and did a few la- loops and left and so yeah so yeah I was uh, feeling pretty cracked but then I came home exhausted sat on the couch and watched Zolder and uh, that definitely uh, woke me up yeah good racing today so a couple questions first what's your what was your total elevation for the day So my total elevation on Strava is 2000 feet, but I think that's, I think that's wrong. We do, we do the, the, the loop ends on a bridge, but it, and then we do cross one bridge twice, but they're not, I don't think they're 200 feet in total each lap. So if you look at my Strava thing, the elevation line just slowly goes up the entire ride. So I, I don't know, you know.
0: All right, hey man. If if Strava says it's it's there, then you know it's it's in the books. It's legit. It's like uh, it's as legit as Tom Pitcock's you know
1: three forty five mile or whatever he was uh, running. <laughs> I thought you were gonna talk about his KOM he took on his road bike recently. Yeah, that was pretty impressive.
0: That that I think that's a that is actually a, a legit one. Uh, a second second question for you: Have you been shopping for bar mitts?
1: I, no, because I would use them, you know, once a year, but while riding, I, on one ride the other day, I did take three pairs of gloves because in the morning it was so cold. I had my, like, snowboarding gloves on, and then I switched to the cycling gloves, uh, my Endura gloves, and finally warmed up. I got the regular gloves, but the, I, I've seen bar mitts, and they man, they look toasty. I need, I need lobster claw gloves. That's what I need for cycling,
0: Taylor Jones uh, was one of the early adopters to the bar mitts and I remember going on a winter ride with him and he was like, "I don't care. you can they I know they look dorky. I don't care. my hands are nice and warm and like that was that was enough for me. I was like, yeah, that looks great, but we were about sixty miles into this ride and everybody's cracked and Taylor just sort gets this sort of wry smile on his face and all of a sudden like, pulls his hand out from his bar mitts with a snickers bar i mean it's just been like you know had, had, had cashed in there keeping it warm i was like all right i'm sold let's do yeah. that yeah uh so we got some cyclocross racing we did it's been so what did what what do we miss or or not miss what happened since the last time we recorded was it uh mall
1: we had mall then we had havra havra and, and then it was houston zolder. zolder okay yeah and do we want to do we want to go backwards let's go backwards let's start with zolder really okay yeah let's do it Sounds yeah i just I, like i said i just watched it it was like so epic uh that men's race um but the first thing i noticed i watched the more the, the women's races morning before my ride and then went on my ride and came home and watched the men's the first thing I noticed in the women's race, and like instantly thought of you, Bill, is they took out the low line on the infamous off camber.
0: Yeah, I I was looking. I it it warmed my heart. I went onto Twitter and I saw all of these uh, uh, references to um, Svenness number one. The uh you know the very first Svenness where I kind of very quickly analyzed the uphill off camber. You know one of the most iconic features I think in cyclocross one of my favorite because at that time and I actually did uh, X's and O's on it as well just going through the history of that feature from when it you know were those magical years that it changed races that you had multiple line choices from like not only a a low line and a high line, but sort of a low to high or high to low. You know where people would be going up the middle and and staying on the bike or getting off the bike. All of these just great decisions that were that had to be made on this feature, and there were a couple keys to that. W- one key was that you have the 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 grandstand on top of that, or even I I, I feel like it's the um. Uh, which it's like, it's like a, like almost like a press booth or something, right? Behind yeah. that that goes up and then it, it looks down onto the course. And this is the hill in front of it. And it would be, you'd come, you know, if you're looking at it, you come from left to right. It'd be this really tough 180 turn. That would be the first part of it where in the past we'd see like Vanderpoel get stuck in the fence. It's where we saw Vanderpoel and Wout, you know, in the world championship get you know, while shoes stuck in Vanderpool's wheel, you know, all of these great things we had Sven and, uh, uh, you know, beating Niels Albert going high and low on that second one. And then what you would do, you'd you'd turn, you do a second, well, that was the only turn you'd go up and you come and you come up and then you'd exit and you'd exit on the left side of that grandstand and go behind it and then ride to the, the farther off camber, um, drop on the on sort of this uh tarmac portion this year they narrowed that second line, so there was only one line there was no there was no choice to be made there was a center line, everybody just rode down it. There was a little bit of a choice at the end, which we'll, i 'm sure we'll talk about where you could get off and come in uh near the post or you could go wider and ride it so at least that decision was still there. But then they, they made them go back again in front of the grandstand and exit to the right of it. And by doing that, they took away that whole top section of the off-camber for the first turn. And it really just kind of I don't know, it, it just it, I, I think it, I think there were some interesting moments on that feature, but and maybe this is just because we like the things that we're used to. I, th- I thought it kind of nullified that feature.
1: Yeah. I I mean, I guess my only question is like, do we know why I I was poked around a little bit, but I didn't see what, if there was, I don't know, construction there or something going on, why they moved it. I I will bet it is something as simple as that.
0: It's like, Somebody was, you know, a a construction company or the race organization or some other event was like storing stuff behind there or they thought it'd be better for, you know, you could have more crowd out there. But I really I'll bet it was just a logistical thing like, oh, shoot, or that that ground back there is like really torn up. We can't use it anymore, whatever it. It is, you know, they, they had to make the change or maybe it was like, Hey, we've done this for years, you know, and even in the past couple of years, it's not the same as it was before. Let's mix it up. Let's make them go on this uh, feature a third time. And maybe that, that will be better. And I don't know. I mean, maybe, maybe it is, maybe if you take out even more of that, uh, like remove one more of the posts at the end. And so it's even like more of a severe, uh, run up, but it's a little closer and maybe then the run up becomes more advantageous than trying to ride all the way around and we see even more of like the decision making there that's one change i could see but it yeah it, it it is what it is i think that that again it's also where we're comparing it a dry day to what we've seen in the past which we had a little bit of mud on that section so that it um on that first turn it was always like really tough like people would even get up and run that or people would slide or fall and you don't have that in years that you don't have that you know this change at the top isn't going to matter one way or the other it's an easy feature so it's it's tough to compare it against the greatest years when there was weather and all this other stuff was happening but it was um yeah it was a change i don't know i i on first blush, I was like, no, "I don't like it. Put it back the way it was. <laughs> I like things <laughs> how they used to be." But you know, maybe maybe as time goes on, it won't be bad.
1: Yeah, and also, like you said, maybe maybe what you'll have is in the future, you'll do uh, X T X and those on the the exit of that of that section, right? And just move the feature. Yeah, rest of the course, pretty much. Well, I mean, they've gone through so many changes of stuff to say. I mean, they just use that back
0: section. Um, did they just like chop down woods, uh, trees in that wooded area, or they just don't go through sort of that woods, the woods anymore, right? There used to be like this whole big tree section that was like super wide that they would go through.
1: So, you mean the one with like the multiple lines and they would sort of come downhill at the camera? Yeah, right. They didn't do that, huh? Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Um, and then they, it's,
0: but I think by cutting that out and then cutting out the, because I think to have that you needed all of that scaffolding that they used to have. Remember, like the finish scaffolding, and it was like they were up high, just like riding around off the ground for a long time, a couple different flyovers. By taking those away, I think you go back, and when you have that like pretty cool drop down to the track where they had the um, the crane coming around. Like that part goes back to the original Zolder. Like when they first started having races on this course, they used that section. I think they brought that back possibly 2019 around there and have been doing the finish like that without that finishing scaffolding. Um, so yeah, it, it changes. The stairs are the same. That off-camber sort of Lars van der Haar sick pass section is yeah. the same. Uh, you know, but it's, it's still Zolder.
1: It still older. Yeah. And it's, you know, it's so interesting because the day before at Havre, it was such a different type of course, thick, muddy leaves everywhere. And this was just, you know, unbelievably fast. And I mean, let's talk about the men's race first. Just let what was so phenomenal was like lap one out in Vanderpool are off the front. With a 19 second gap in lap one, and they're doing seven minute laps at Zolder. So maybe you're right, Bill. Maybe they did shorten the course a bit, but like, they were flying, and that was just like the first thing I thought of when I saw them out the front like that. I was like, okay, this is great, and like, Wow, it looked good. Like he was, he was right there on Vanderpool's wheel. Like he was riding so close to Vanderpool, and every like punch, every little punch out of a turn that Vanderpool did wow had an answer it no problem and i was like this is this is good wow it looks good we're gonna have a good race and we had they, they were together the the entire race they stayed together and at some point they kind of like maybe slowed down a bit it wasn't as punching and is like back and forth but like just the fact that we went seven full laps where it just at one point you know someone didn't like get a gap and ride away and they're just like oh thing that we see, Vanderpool gets a gap. Wow, chases like, it's boring. It's like, there was always like, there's the two debates, right? When Vanderpool went a lot of races, it was like, A, this is boring. Or B, no, aren't you, don't you feel honored to watch this amazing specimen of a man like ride his bike this way? And it's like, no, it's boring. But when there's two of them doing it, going like body by by bloody blow, it's just like so freaking rad. So that was just... My first thought was like, this is what we want. And I'm so glad they're here racing during curse period. Yeah. And we'll get to it. But you look at the head to head, you know, just
0: for this season, it's two and two. Like, Wout's one, two. Vanderpool's one, two. And the other person then got second place in those races. It's really, it's, it's basically we're just watching them race with other people involved. Here's... Here's an interesting thing that I, I noticed at the front. So Vanderpoel still doesn't have the points to be on the front row. So he was, I think, second row, um, and it t- it took him a couple minutes, right? It, it, he wasn't, you know, we we kind of it was an interesting Zolder tactic. Zolder, it's that start is so long, and it's like so long until you actually get into the meat of the race, and it really looked like in the men's field, and we we don't see this a lot. And this is very easy for me to see to say, watching from the couch. But it didn't look like it was just like flat out from the start. Like it almost looked like there was a little bit of of hesitation, and almost like the guys. I think it was might have been uh, like Tone Vanderbosch or Vanderput. I can't tell them apart. One of them on the front, and then another guy. T's and then was sort of was a, out there
1: hitting it, and T's, then some T's, T's like random right. guy.
0: Yes, Teese and the other guy who's, I'm sorry, whose name I, I, I forget now, but they're up there and everybody else is just sort of slotted in behind. So my question is, once Vanderpol gets to the front row, does he go back to like old school Vanderpol and it's like, I'm on the front row, I got a clean shot to the front, see if you guys can keep up?
1: I mean, I don't I don't see why he wouldn't do that. I mean, like as soon as he got to the front, that's exactly what he did. Like he just took him a little bit longer. And you know, Wout was right there on his wheel. I, I forgot where I read this or heard this, but like Wout said that Vanderpool said or was like, I'm gonna race the first he raced the first lap like it was the last. Um, just like completely balls out and like that was to get the gap. And like you said, you mentioned that that start area like the start it is like you can get bogged up if you don't make it through there correctly and i mean kudos to vanderpool who's able to go from the second or third road and and get up far enough where he can avoid the scrum and then make his move um yeah yeah i mean yeah but yeah if he's on the front row like i mean <laughs> it's game over unless unless it's a Havre where he's in his head i don't know like this is what's so interesting right like you just point out it's two to two like we've He's not totally dominated, and he's had races where he doesn't look good. You know, lately, that he looks pretty good, but Wout also looks really good. So it's like, I don't know. It's gonna be, it's gonna be interesting. We haven't seen this since since their uh, U
0: twenty I mean, three. Once Vanderpool started rolling in their head to head. He was the stronger cyclocross racer, you know. The like, Wout Wout would get him at Worlds, you know, for for a couple couple times in there. But other than that, he, you know, we talked about it a couple of weeks. We talk about it all the time. Just this amazing streak that for those those couple of years, those uh, you know, 17, 18 even sixteen, Vanderpool was just dominant in the sport. So we always want to see them go head to head, but it never really turned out that they would be actually switching back and forth victories last year we saw Wout come in and just dominate the sport but vanderpoel wasn't there yeah. you know he might have been there in person but you know physically two races, he, he, two races yeah. yeah he he wasn't there he wasn't we, we didn't get to see that and you know and we were looking at stand-ins like pidcock to try to fill that void and you know we'll get to him but that's uh that's not going to do it. That's not this, you know, and, the, and I, I think the more we see this, the older these guys get, we just, it just solidifies that we're seeing something special. We're seeing something generational with these yeah. two athletes in more than one discipline, just being able to be at the top. And when they come back home, you know, that's what we're seeing now. That's what's so cool about this. They're coming back to cyclocross. It seems like they want to be there. It seems like they want to race hard. And it's just, it's just great. You know, they can just go head to head and it's, it's it's awesome. It's it's the type of thing like in the past we've seen people are like, oh, you know, it's so great just to watch Vanderpool because he's so good, and it's just the beauty of watching him do these like hot laps around the course. And I've always like, no, I want to see him race somebody. So now we get it, you know, we get the right. racing, and it's it's been awesome.
1: And and also like the one thing is like this 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 weekend of racing, we're in the curse period. Is the fans? I mean, the fans are they're there's so many people there and you as a spectator, even on TV, you can hear the roar of the crowd and you just, yeah, like you just said, awesome. I had, I like was just thinking today, like, this is so cool. Like I love cross. How cool is this freaking sport? And, um, you know, like, you know, I kind of think it's better. They do it this way. Come in race, 10 races, you know, 10, 15 races, you know, in, in, in the late winter. And, the thing is, and I've talked about this before is like because they because they come in later that allows the other storylines to develop earlier which are still so like they're at the front doing their race, and we're amazing battle. But there's still actually a pretty good battle back between Lars and Sweek and Mikey, depending on like which classification it is. Like who's going to be the better rider there? And like you're seeing the, you know, the, kudos to the directors. Like right? they're they're getting they're cutting back to the, the chasers. We're seeing Mikey V. You know, uh, throw punches. We're seeing pitters trying to break away. We're seeing Sweet getting dropped, unfortunately. Uh, Lars, Lars making his way back up towards the front uh, and pipping um, Tom. But like, we're getting to see all this stuff too. So, once again, like this multiple storylines we have are because of these two not being there at the beginning to allow them to develop.
0: Yeah. And, and it's even, we'll talk about the great race that Lars Vanderhart had today which was, you know, it was exceptional to see him fighting with Pidcock and, and beating him at the end of this race to get that third spot. But even more importantly for him, exactly what you're talking about, it's these other storylines that are out there. By doing that, he goes ahead of Lauren Sweck and he's now leading or yeah, I think, yeah, I, that might've put him ahead or they were really close. Like one point apart. He now has a five point lead in the, the super prestige series and he's leading that. And that's, that's really cool for him. I mean, that's that's a place that we haven't seen him in the past. You know, we're also following this, you know, when we're talking about Havra in the World Cup standings, you know, and, and Sweck and Van out and the battle that they're having now, you know, unfortunately, with uh, Ailey Easterby being hurt and then, you know, having that crash in the snow, just kind of, I think, putting him back even further in his recovery that he's he's really got his work cut out for him if he can even come back at this point in the World Cup, which I think is going to be really tough for him to do, which is unfortunate. But I really – I mean, I'm loving that Sweck and Van Tournout battle. And we can – It's, uh, it's exactly what you're saying. We can enjoy that while still enjoying these other guys, almost these interlopers who <laughs> – they 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 have the um they have the lifetime pass right they can just yeah. if they ever want to show up and race cyclocross it's like come on in you're always welcome and 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 this is why
1: speaking of lifetime pass I don't know if you saw Stebar uh making a making an on camera appearance taking the inside line and locking I think knocking his fellow countryman yeah. down <laughs> yeah. And then that was the last we saw of Stavart.
0: <laughs> well, you um, know, um, I, I I hope that that Baker has not retired yet, and uh, he can uh, <laughs> go get himself a sorry cake and uh, oh uh, present it gosh. to him tomorrow.
1: So I just think, and funny thing, I was like looking at the podium today. Uh, wow, uh, Vanderpool Lars. I was like, I feel like that's a podium you would have seen ten years ago. And I just looked. At, I pulled up Zolder, and they actually all three were on the podium in twenty twenty. And then are they I was trying to see
0: Well didn't wasn't uh, that the worlds? Didn't Lars get third in that worlds where
1: um where uh uh it, Wout won? Yeah, it was that um Or did he get second because did Vanderpool fall he, off? Vander quitted, right? In 2016, yeah, Lars got second to Wow, and Kevin Powell's made the podium.
0: Okay, yeah, because yeah, that's when – uh, where did Vanderpool end up after the shoe incident? In, in fifth, right behind Nice. Huh, look at that. Yeah, that he, is... he kind of recovered and started racing again in the last right couple yeah. laps after he got his head back up. Uh, should we uh, talk about the women a little bit in this race? Wait, one more thing. I,
1: you know, yeah. I have one more thing. So Always. I just I feel like a clam bench in the memes that was made from one of your statements, like made itself become a re- reality um, before Zolder. Tom Pitcock was was asked about Havra and he just, you know, I don't know what happened. He's like, I just don't want to be another man on the podium. of meaning he didn't want to be third. He wants to win the race. Um, goes Zolder gets fourth. Very, very Vanden Hamish of him too. <laughs> to do that. Tom
0: Pitcock, sick of third place, goes out and gets fourth. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I love you, yeah. Michael. So uh, what do we – should we talk – should we have this conversation now about it, it, the uh, – trying to make the three – the three – or as, you know, I think it's Marty calls him the three kings or the big three or whatever you want to say. Trying. Is this fetch? Are people trying to make this happen where it's not actually a thing?
1: Well, I think I think you said it like Pitcock is sort of essentially he is like a sort of in the middle, like the middle tier. Like he's not at the level of Vanderpool and wow. And um, but he's like, for the most part, I mean, he's the world champion.
0: Is Pitcock on his own? Is Pitcock on his own the entire sub topper? midfield
1: yeah I, th- I think you could say that i'll give him that like i said i'll give him that he has the rainbows and when it's you know it kind of has to be the right kind of course it has to be the right kind of field and like you know they talked about this in Havre, and my shout out to my friend matt who sent me this before the race he was like oh look at pidcock took this KOM on some like you know climb in spain or whatever beat simon yates by two minutes which goes to show and like and Pickcock has talked about this. Like he's like he's a small guy. He's a very light guy. Like you see him, when he was in that chasing group is older. He's smaller than everybody else there. You know, like he's just so tiny. He doesn't have those those raw watts to like beat those guys. But like if he's racing someone who's like just a step down from Vanderpool and Wout, like he's he can beat them. So it just, I just I feel like he's a kind of rider that maybe won't ever make it. He's not gonna make it to their level. At cross because it's so much of just the raw watt numbers, but like in the road, like maybe we could see him, you know, surpassing them or you know, you know, he's talked about wanting to be a Grand Tour rider, but like maybe that's an area that he could excel at or like you know he could maybe he'll beat Wow at um what was the mountain stage for Wow one anyway, but like you know what I'm saying, like he's going to be a good climber, so I don't know, I just. Yeah, looking at him and the way he races, it's it's hard to see him at their level. I think he's sort of, I think he's on his own. Yeah, sub topper solo. Yeah, it, it's the I, I think that the thing with Pidcock is that
0: you know in road racing, weight to power is so important, right? That's the whole, that's the whole thing. It's it's watts to kilograms. That's all. That's those are the magic numbers. You know, road racing and Zwift, I guess, or online racing. So but that's you have like these other forces that are creating the resistance in cyclocross It's the same thing on the road with the classics. It's why bigger guys a lot of times will do better in the classics where there's a lot of wind and there's a lot of you know the the cobbles even where with that that um just the 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 beating of the body on there. But here it's like it takes a lot of strength to get through the mud. It takes a lot of strength to get through the sand. And you get these bigger guys like Lauren Sweck in the sand and Wout and Vanderpool who are able to push through this stuff that he can't. And that's just not a skill that he has at his size. I think it's the same thing with Easterbeat, where we see him doing really well against the rest of the field in those conditions until these guys come in and they just kind of break the paradigm. You know, they're just, they're beyond, you know, they, they can, they can do the things that other people can't do as far as fighting through these conditions. And, you know, he talked about it in the sand that, you know, he's never going to be able to ride the sand like these guys. He talked about it in Havra, a race that we saw him win a couple of years ago. I mean, that was kind of his coming out party, winning winning in Havra and kind of riding around from everybody. But he said you know, the course just got too heavy in those final laps, and that's that's what we're talking about. It's not just having that watts, to, you know, that power-to-weight ratio. It's having to fight through that mud at the same time, and that's just, I, I yeah, I don't know how he's ever going to get beyond that unless he finds himself in a condition like, Fayetteville. Like even you know, right. what happens if Wout and Matthew are at Fayetteville, it's a dry course and he has that nice long hill to be able to attack on. I think I think that he's still does he win? I don't know. But I think in those kind of conditions, those were the perfect conditions for him, he's still in yeah. the conversation.
1: Yeah. I feel like Zolder, except for the hill, is very similar to Fayetteville, which sort of like maybe is a segue to the women's race uh you know the beginning of the race i tweeted out seems like a, a great race for uh, persico uh, just because of like not super i mean it has the technical drops but like they're not like it's 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 you get in the right line and you're okay then you've got a lot of steady pedaling um and and so that was a ride at the beginning i was like hey maybe she'll do well but i watching that i just think that Technically so many so many dabs in corners and it's at the spot that, you know, the your the Bill spot, the off the top, she dabbed there a couple times, just like, but like had the had the watts to get back to the group, but just like couldn't keep up with, you know, um with Alvarado and Vanderheyden.
0: Yeah, I, I think somebody else who was kind of suffering the same Fade out there a bit, and and is still like working her way back into the sport, but is also somebody who I think we've talked about not riding sections smooth in the past and being able to make up for it with her power is Lucinda Braun and 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 same kind of thing, you know, it's like I I think we've seen this in the past, we've talked about it where Lucinda is like just does not look smooth on some of these courses, and then it comes around later in the year, comes to Worlds, and all of a sudden she puts it together and i think she even said that at the end of this race you know there were uh no actually it was uh it was um hover she got second right to to shireen yeah yeah, yeah. there she was they were like well, are you happy with your race or is it disappointing because you didn't win and she's like no i'm happy you know this is I'm, I'm happy with where i am and i think we can just build from here so but but it was still you're right i just noticed that with her as well it's like that the dabs, especially, and just the smoothness and finding the lines still still isn't there. Uh, but Alvarado putting it yeah. together.
1: Put it together. I mean, you know, like we've said, best of the rest. Um, and she's doing it. You know, she's had a good season. Um just I don't I was like, she's has she won? No. Cause um Brand has dominated this course right Brand has dominated um zolder in the past i was i couldn't remember if alvarado alvarado's finished second to her in 2020 and twenty nineteen um but yeah yeah good result for her there have you looked at the super prestige standings
0: no you wanted you wanted an exciting race following this you know and again, we have talked about it how the the young guns aren't racing. Really, anything it seems but the World Cups, They're really concentrating on the World Cups, you know, talking about Puck, talking about uh, Femme when she's healthy. That, those are the races that they're doing. Uh, even even uh, Van Anroy, same thing. Right now, Denise Betsema is leading the Super Prestige with 68 points. Alvarado, by winning that race, pulls into one point of her at 67 by beating van der she keeps her at bay two points down she has 65 and then yeah. uh van Alphen's fallen a little farther back at 56 but those those top three in that race you're looking at three points you know d- deciding first to third that's that's pretty awesome, and those are the those are the folks who are racing each other in these races. I mean, Inga Vanderheiden has to be getting like you know, I don't know, rookie of the rookie of the year isn't correct, but what is it like yeah. a breakout breakout performer
1: of the year? It feels like a breakout season. Yeah, I saw her finish, and I was just thinking like, damn, another good result for Vanderheiden almost got caught on the finish line by brand, but yeah, riding, writing really well. And yeah, that's, that's such a tight finish. You look at, you know, Betsumas won one, Alvarado's won three. She had a really bad race at Bohm, which is the race that Anique won. So yeah, I mean, you're looking at, if you're looking at sort of like trajectories, like Alvarado is probably going to win a few more and, you know, Betzema is kind of going down, but this is a good battle. Once again, it's an, it's a almost like similar to the men's field where we have these separate storylines
0: yeah and you look at Betsima's results i mean once you know we talked about it with lauren sweck it's just a consistency that is is doing it for her so you're right she went down this was her worst performance uh today but other than that she won the first race of the season and got second in the next three so you know she's that's that's what's doing it for her, but yeah, but falling off
1: today, just that kind of one. What she got fourth place today? Did she get? I think she got. Uh, she got fifth, which that was fifth. the big deal, was because Alvarado was able to put so many people in between her and right. Um, and uh, yeah, so that really helped her bolster her lead.
0: Anything else uh, of note in this uh, women's race? You know, I know. Again, I I, I know we we spent a lot of time on the men's race but it's it's you know as we always say it's that the the more exciting race is the one we're going to talk about you know we had it it was it was a good race in the women's but you know you get a you get a Wout and a (laughs) vanderpoel coming back that's what that's what we're gonna we're gonna want to talk about but i think that alvarado is she has to do it in the world cup right i mean that's kind of the that's that's kind of the proving ground now for her, or right. or is it like we said we said the other week where well maybe she doesn't
1: care as much. I don't know. I I still would like to see her be at the front and, and take a win in a World Cup. Well, you I mean you just have to look at sort of the end of the season World Championships, and it, so that's when you know she's going to race against the, the youngsters, and and where does she stack up there? Um, I, this is can be a segue to the Havre, but just. I say I'm going to say this and realizing that people are like think I'm crazy, but I'm thinking like, I'm looking at brand and her results the last few races. and I'm thinking dark horse for worlds and like, is it weird to call brand a dark horse for worlds? But like if femme, let's say femme, you know, doesn't heal up in time or comes back, but is lost in fitness. And I don't know. Pocker Sheerin decides to race u23s maybe one of them does right and sort of like reduces those those top stars in worlds like brand's coming back she had some time off i think she was still training but like not that like grind of the racing and like she could win hogar Haida i don't know so yeah havra
0: yeah, but no. Just going off of that, I think you're absolutely right. I think the women's field for worlds is really interesting. You're, yeah, we don't know what's going on with Fem. Uh, you know, we hope to see her back, but again, you know, she's talking. We talked about it a show or so ago, just about hitting your head and how kind of scary that is, and how that needs time. And then just with her, you know, leg injuries as well, and getting those all healed up. We don't know where she's going to be. I think that Shireen. We, I was listening to Lucinda Braun pronounce Van Anroy's name. We've been in this Sheeran, you know, cheering, cheering on Sheeran. And then she said Shireen Van Anroy. And I was like, oh, that's another one I think we've been doing wrong. So, uh, my, before we started, Michael and I were like pulling up, uh, old clips of, uh, Van Anroy found a, found one of her, uh, at 16 years old, uh, when she was still doing triathlon, introducing herself. And she, uh, yeah, definitely is a Shereen. So we'll make that change. You don't have to send in your letters. Um, <laughs> But yeah, I I think that those two. I think Petersa and Van Anroy are going to stay in the U twenty three. So they take them out of the equation. We don't know where Fem's going to be. I I, I don't think I don't think you're as crazy as you may think, Michael. I think that uh, Lucinda is is a decent pick. I mean, look, we get Mariana Voss showing up at Worlds and winning still after looking subpar during
1: the season. So you never know. Did Voss just like race a few times and be like? I'm doing terrible and just like peace out on the rest of the season. Or I wonder if she's like do a couple, do a training camp. I'm just, yeah, who knows? I'm
0: sure I'll bet she's, I'll bet she's doing training camps. Cause I, I mean, I, I think we're in this really cool place right now with women's cycling that the women's world tour is just made a really big jump. And I think it's the thing that, that you see a lot of these women are now, I got to be ready to go for road season. Not to say that they ever weren't in the past, but I really think that it is more important, especially with the tour de France and all of these monuments that they are now able to race, that they're, they are kind of making those bigger goals that maybe they had in the past. And I think cyclocross for some of them suffers a little bit because of that. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So Havra, let's go with the women's, um, First off, I'll just well, Shireen. Wait, Shireen, Shireen. Okay, like okay, Shireen wins. We got listen to Brand. Like, come on, Shireen. I was thinking of like what was the pun we could use, but uh, yeah, Brandon second, Puck in third. Just quickly, I want to I want to say Zoe Backstead in fourth. Uh, I think that's her best uh, World Cup ride. So. I think I made last show, I made a comment about her, like, or maybe this is in the text, like, she was riding like Puck a few years ago, strong starts fading, but now she's like strong starts staying there. Like, she's like excelling very quickly. Um, future is bright. I mean, yeah, I mean, her in the U23 category. I mean, that's like, if Puck and Shireen go up, That'll be interesting too. So, yeah, I think with Zoe and I don't know, this is just from the
0: outside looking in, it what she did in road and track was just insane over the past 12 months. Winning I don't know how many world championships, just at the top of the sport in every discipline and when you saw her in those early races, you know, and then we we saw her when we were over in Europe like a month and a half ago, and she was starting, and she didn't she didn't look that great, and I really think that she was just completely fried. And I think that the nice thing, you know, I was talking just a second ago about having to do these training camps and getting ready for road, which I think she's been doing, but on the other side of that, cyclocross, as far as training goes, I think is a lot less of a load you know, you're basically racing and then just maintaining until the next race. I think she's been able to kind of recover and get her legs back under her over the past six weeks. And now we're really starting to see Zoe Backstead that we saw last year racing cross. And I think, I think she's going to, yeah, I think we're going to start seeing her more at the front of these races, which is, which is pretty cool. Cause she's a, she's just a special talent.
1: So, yeah. So Puck, Puck Peters on this race, I, like, I guess the thing to talk about in these races, like, Puck, you, we, we say, you know, she's sort of like, Fem's not there. Puck's the one who's going to win it. She And she goes out strong. But I guess she made a few mistakes in pitting. And these laps were so long. The, 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 the mud was just thick. And there was leaves, right? I mean, somebody had a comment about, like, I guess they don't rake these courses. But, like, the leaves were everywhere. And at some point, Puck had to get off her bike and literally was not able to... Pedal, and so like that's sort of where she lost the um the lead, and then Shirin came around her, and just is just so strong that those the sort of the the hill didn't matter, you know, she was able to ride it or run it and ride it, and just is sort of a so I don't know, it's just interesting to see a puck falter a bit. Um, so a a a couple, I'd say even a month ago, we we were having this discussion, and
0: I think they were even having it during the commentary. Well, I made the comment from the commentary that they were only concentrating on Petersa and Van Empel, and it was the race that Van Anroy was winning. It's like she was winning and all, the, all all that we could talk about was second and third and what they were thinking and you know, if there were games being played and what was going on there while Van Anroy just sort of rode away. And the I think the the, the analysis of that was by them looking at each other so much Shireen was able to ride away and win the race. It was more, it was almost like not something that she did, but basically them negating each other behind. And then it just went, we went on this femme versus uh, puck just tear where they were going back and forth on who was winning and they were kind of the, the, the cream of the crop for who the best cyclocross racer was in the women's field or even overall at that point. Has Shireen made an argument now that she is uh, either at least equal to them or possibly, Michael, possibly is Shireen Van Anroy right now the best women's cyclocross racer?
1: Dang. I mean, right now, yeah, she's the best cyclocross racer. Oh, wait, women's or just overall? Just women's, just women's. Yeah, yeah, she's the best, hands down. Yeah, I get it. Was she won two out of three? Um, i think do you think that that she is do you think that
0: it's her consistency i mean i know she's she's a super strong racer we know that she's like you you were talking about the watts before she's she's got that but if you put her up against petersa who's talented who's technically savvy but seems to make these mistakes in every race is
1: that is that the difference yeah, I mean, there might be a little bit more maturity there, um, because yeah, it, yeah, it's it is interesting. To just like Puck is sort of like Vanderpool in the way that they're so good technically that they can send it, like send these crazy lines. And we saw that Zolder. I mean, we didn't we didn't even talk about this is Zolder. Like Vanderpool last lap is just like sending it up this hill and dabs out. And wow, catches up and then he comes out of the pedal in the sprint. Right. Um, so I, I guess I would look at it that way. I would say that Shireen maybe is not as technically gifted as 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 Puck in the. In the so like maybe that 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 limit actually means that she's more conservative and then doesn't find herself in situations where she's in trouble.
0: I do think it's amazing that we went through that whole Zolder and didn't even talk about I the know. sprint at all. That is I that can't. is that is classic. <laughs> <laughs> but but maybe maybe we did it right. I mean, you know, they yes, they came down to a two-up sprint. We were like, holy crap, this is just going to be a classic ending to this race. You know, Van- Vanderpool is like on Wout's right, Wout's leading it out, right? Wout's and leading while sleeting it out, Vanderpool is in the perfect position on his wheel. They get the, the, the tight shot of them, and all of a sudden, you just see <laughs> Vanderpool's head just sort of wobble to the right, yep. and he's gone off the frame, and, like, that's it. You know, he pulled his uh, foot out of his out of his pedal, and it was game over. So it was really anticlimactic there. But, yeah, still still probably worth mentioning.
1: But yeah, I just want to also mention good call on Helen Wyman. She said – he probably got sand in his shoe when he dabbed on that uphill, and that was maybe the reason he wasn't you know, as clicked in as he should have been. You know, A little bit of grit in there got in the way. Um, Vander and shoes at Zolder, man. It's a thing. Right? Yeah. <laughs> I didn't even think about that. If you're wow, lead it out. Um, okay. <laughs> Havra. Shearing. Best women's cross racer right now. I believe it. I'm in. I'm sold. How much... Does Blanca Vash hate running? So, oh my God, she hates running more than I don't even know what more than. I mean, she hates running more than. <laughs> I mean, this buildings. is hypo, this is hypotenuse beach ra- riding all over again. <laughs> exactly. I know. I was thinking the same thing. Like she, like she's literally walking at the, at the end. I mean, it's the end of the race. It's a hard race. I get it. Like, but she literally stops. And picks up her bike and is like walking. And then like Zoe's coming up to her and she's like, oh shit, we're still racing. Like I have to like, but man, yeah, (laughs) that hill was something else. And I, I, so maybe we can use a segue to the men's race. So like that hill, Pitcock rode it, was riding it every lap. I think maybe at the end he had to stop, but he, he committed to the ride and what we talked about earlier, the watts per kilo kilogram, he's lighter, he's a climber, like, that seemed to suit him, and it worked well. Vanderpool and WoW were just running, they were slogging up the hill, and at some point, though, like, he I think he, like, needed to realize it wasn't faster, maybe, you know, he doesn't like running, even though he had the, you know, world record 5k time or whatever. Um but they were they were running faster than he was riding at some point right like that so like that to me was like that was like one of the big story points and like maybe was the reason he was I, like i don't know like if he would have run would he have had more energy and been able to stick with them i don't know like it just devilish How many was it was it three laps to go that pitcock was
0: about four or five seconds back and just like went all in and closed it down and then went out ahead. And that he was did. that was him pulling was he pulling Vanderpol
1: up to Wout or was he pulling Wout up to Vanderpol? Oh, I know I can't remember, but I remember that move because no, so uh I think it's he was I think it was pulling Wout to Vanderpool. So
0: what that reminded me of, like those guys, I, again, this is this is why he's the sub, to, sub topper to those topper. They just like they played him the same way they played him at Namor that one year, like almost the same thing. It's like Pitcock's just going to like kill himself, do all the work, and then they're just going to leave him behind. And I know, I know for him, like he talked about it then. I'm sure it's the same thing. He's like, I have one move. Like if I don't if I don't do this now there's nothing i can do and i think he basically that's what he did and for him i really think it was like he got hung up in the in one of those muddy sections just for like a second lost his momentum and it was kind of game over after being after being able to take that lead but i don't think i mean i didn't i don't you know it's almost like fool me once when he took the
1: lead were you like oh my god here we go Pitcock is going to ride away from this yeah no i mean i was i just remembered cuz i was chatting with my friend about this race there was a point when you're like, oh, Vanderpool's got it. Oh, now, Wouts in the lead because Vanderpool got the flat. I'm sorry, uh, Pitter's got it, and then like, and then they drop him. Then he comes back, and like, it was good until the last lap. Last lap, Vanderpool had the gap, and he won it. But yeah, there was a lot going on there, and I, I was like, okay, maybe he can. I mean, I think I know what happened, and I realized I wrote this note down. He didn't take his mid-race gel. Okay, Interesting. We saw loose. I, I don't know if he started a trend or not, but Brand I think was taking mid race gels this weekend. Um, I feel like someone else. Like I, it's, it's a new thing. Kids take your mid race drill thirty minutes in.
0: Yeah, <laughs> Jens Decker was flabbergasted by the gels. He didn't. <laughs> he didn't know what to do with the gels. He's like, well, he, it's it's only a fifty minute effort. <laughs> when are you taking your gel?
1: And I'm thinking, yeah, it's so yeah, it's. I don't know. I could see it. Like it, it seemed to work in the past. I don't know. It's so funny that they're doing gels now, I'm in all the race. Yeah, and it's the,
0: it's the kind of the. Do they do this in road racing? It's it's no, because you got your jersey bike. It's a triathlon version. We're taping gels to top tubes now. Pretty pretty soon they're going to be like uh, just like putting the the little um, like power things just sticking
1: to yeah. them go like, really like old school The, there. the yeah. cubes and, like, they're going into the pit to take to get a new bike take a gel it's like the whole water bottle thing all over again where you can't just get a hand up from the pay you can't get a gel hand up you've got to go into the pit and uh take a new bike well so so for mountain biking you where you can
0: get water you know through the technical zones there's always they have it's, it's, a, it's just a sophisticated system where you have two people handing you water, where you'll get the first person. It'll kind of be like an open bottle, and that one, they'll just sort of like dunk over their head. Dunkers, I believe they call them. And then you get the second person, your second swan, your hands you the bottle, and it's like your energy drink or water or whatever. And it always has like a gel taped to it as well. So you're getting you're yeah. getting the bottle, and it already has the gel attached to it. So you can't do the bottles here. So we're just going with the with the top tube gel and cross now. Yeah, yeah. That's what funny. what's the well? Uh, I was about to make a horrible faux pas and say who's the first bike manufacturer that's somehow going to integrate the the gel zone into their cyclocross bikes, but pff, who makes cyclocross bikes? <laughs> track right <laughs> yeah track come on track i want a little i want a little gel zone for uh for shireen and uh lucinda on their
1: bikes um i want to know bill i don't know did you ever see that video this this was like um month ago two months ago it was all over the internet all over twitter it was about the guy in nascar and the final lap he like rides against the wall the retaining wall and like speeds around like four or five people to like you know finish four or fourth and like move up in the standings and he's like yeah i saw it on xbox i could do it in the game and that's exactly what i was thinking with that drop with the bouncy wall there's one lap where like Vanderpool, like he's like yeah i'm gonna ride this wall he kind of like rides into it and just like guides him down the hill that's i was totally thinking of that nascar video or or maybe it's just his Fortnite training yeah <laughs>
0: Well, I mean, it, I I think yeah, I, I think I think that the the video gamization of sports is definitely coming true. I mean, they talk about it like in the NFL now with uh, the coach for the Dolphins. Everybody's like, this is a guy that just got good on Madden, and all of a sudden they gave him a <laughs> they gave him a head coaching job in the NFL. <laughs> so along along with uh, gel zones on top tubes, we need we need a. We need a top tier, a triple A cyclocross game for like PlayStation. Yeah, yeah, they have, and then p- and then that'll be it. Like we always talk about, how do we like create the next generation of cyclocross racers? That's it. That's the key, right? We just need a video game.
1: Well, yeah. What What if you had a cyclocross game where you got to design your own course? You could add in as many, you know. Run up stairs as you wanted, and then and then some, and then Zolder is like, Yeah, we've just hired this new WizKid course designer who you know built the best SimCity cross course. Well, didn't they have? I believe
0: there used to be like a roller coaster, like that was right. like a big game, like designing roller coasters. So it'd be that's like, That's what I was so trying it, to
1: think of, and I can't remember what that's called. Yeah, so instead of uh,
0: like um, cycling manager it's 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 going to be psych, psych cyclocross race organizer that's going to be that's going to be the management game you know you're going to have to figure out where you put your fritter and your beer zone you're going to have to figure out where the DJ tent is compared to like the entrances you have to do your course crossings and and man them and you have to keep your course crossing people happy this is right. I, i'm dude we we need to we need to just uh, print this out and mail it to us so we can yeah. uh, you know
1: because if you don't put the beer tent next to the best feature then the, the the Belgians won't be happy they won't come to your race you'll lose money yeah this is, you could you could really do a whole thing with this like how much do you pay Vanderpool to start versus how much do you pay Pidcock? like can you can you lowball Pidcock enough where and he'll still show up or like.
0: I love this. Yep, yeah, the start money, admission money. Where are we putting people parking? What are we charging for parking? What's the VIP structure? How much does that cost? Oh, this is great. This is man. If this, if anybody in the slow ride ever listens to this, they're going to be jealous that they never they didn't come up with this, <laughs> this idea.
1: This is one hundred percent a slow ride bit.
0: <laughs> All right. So, cyclocross course designer. Hey, anything else we need to say about cyclocross racing? I think we've talked about a lot. I don't know. I mean, we didn't really talk about mall at all but i don't know it seems so far in the past at this point
1: right uh mall night race fun um white sandy beaches Sharon proving she's the best racer by just kind of riding away from the field lots of running and so the one thing i want to talk about is you mentioned this before like what and what other sports do you know players talk about how talk about how not good they're doing or like how good someone else is like this is wow had the whole team presentation the week the night before. Like, I think he was at Team Cab too. He was like, they, there's a shot of him and Jonas Vingegaard doing like press. And Jonas is standing and Wout's sitting because he's got a race the next day. And then Wout comes out and wins. <laughs> By like
0: was- a minute. <laughs> uh, wasn't this ra- was the race that Vanderpoel was just like pissed off that he got dropped in?
1: I think so, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Well, I mean, like, so. Wow, it was a lot of running. I think Wow made a good move. Wow attacked on the beach and and took this corner great. Got a gap in the sand, and I think I think that was it. And that was the that was the move. Um. So yeah, quite a quite a battle this weekend. All three races. Um, for Vanderpool and Wow. Are the people in Tom Pitcock's
0: generation? Tebow Whitsum Mason Gerbin quipers They're all like twenty, twenty-one, twenty-two. Pitcock's twenty-three. Are those the people we should be comparing him to?
1: Ryan Camp. Well, I mean we can't if we do, then he's hands. hands. As and better than that. <laughs> yeah.
0: No, I just think it's funny we're back on the whole big three thing. But I mean, we do it in the women's racing too, but it's like and I know I've mentioned this before, but it still just always amazes me. It's like Wout and Matthew are like the older generation. Right. It just it yeah. just blows my mind. I know they're right. only 28 and
1: 27, but it's still just yeah. No, he 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 moved up quickly to the discussion of being the top three. We I remember talking about this last year. Like, did he deserve to be up there? But I mean, like, thing is, he won the world championship, and I mean, who else has won a world championship in the men's side besides those three in the last, you know?
0: Yeah, no, I mean, I, I think that's so. you know, that's 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 why the world championship in cyclocross is is so special. I think you put it in mountain biking as well, as opposed to like road racing, where it's just kind of, you know, I don't, I don't, I think it's great to be the world champion in road racing, but I don't think people put as much stock in it. it is not the race of the year in in road right. racing
1: right i mean yeah it is a pretty exciting race but you're right it's sort of you can be the road you can win the worlds, and then you can win no maybe win one race the next year and that's still a good season right like but and like if you're tom pitcock and you don't win anything then like we're gonna be like what's up bud yeah all
0: right anything else we need to cover
1: all right. Quickly. Uh,
0: so my my proposal about getting rid of the U 23s uh, last week had some had some some feedback on that. Couple couple things to, for for y'all to chew on. Uh, one suggestion was raising the age of the so called juniors. So it's under nineteen now. Make it like under. 21 or something like that so you you have that split there but it's it's just sort of moving up a little older and sort of getting rid of that that middle ground which i thought that was that was an interesting proposal just sort of shifting that age around and and then another uh proposal tara um uh from bicycling uh we were talking about this she uh she was talking about you know almost having a uh kind of like in football where you have your your second divisions. So making it instead of making, cause that's my whole thing. It's like, we're, we're basing this on age other than ability, you know? It, and if you then did something where you based it on ability, where you, if you weren't placing so high up in these, you know, races, almost like the point system again, then you didn't race the world cups and you were kind of in this, this, this second division racing there, trying to get promoted into the, 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 the top, leagues or a series or whatever you want to call it so that was i kind of like that too because then it's more you know based on what you can do and then that gives you know there are people that are saying well you don't have the opportunity to learn how to win i think is the phrase that people like to use and uh by not having u23s in in world cup races and my kind of counter argument to that is like the same guys are winning anyway you know it's like <laughs> it's you know, if you if you want to learn to win, there are a lot of races out there to do it. We have um, lots of series in the U.S. You know, you can come play there. We've got great French series, Swiss series. There's a lot of places to go if you are an up and coming racer to learn to win. And maybe it's not at the World Cup level, but I don't know. It was good, it's a good conversation. That, that's why I love throwing these things out there because I think that's what it, it it's. Instead of just uh, saying my ideas are stupid, which I understand. They may be kind of a little out there that, that we can have these conversations, I think is, is awesome. So keep them coming.
1: But Bill, but then if, we, if you can't make it to the World Cup, then we won't have 100 people in the elite field.
0: Yeah, I, I mean... And half and- of them <laughs> getting pulled. It's the it, it is kind of crazy, you know. I, I think that the 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 eighty percent rule. There's a lot of talk about the eighty percent rule. What it is, how it's enforced, if it's enforced well enough. I I do think for what it is, and you see the people getting pulled up. It's really interesting because it'll be the complaints will be. Look at all of the people they're passing. They shouldn't be racing anymore. A lot of these conversations you hear that on the commentary, and then they'll make that turn. It'll be like one to go or something, and they'll make right. the turn for home. And all of a sudden, the leaders are all alone because they all right. got pulled behind them. Right. You know, they are there for that stretch, and then they're getting pulled. and And the argument is like, well, it's impeding the opportunity to pass. And I think the counter argument is, it's impeding the opportunity to pass at one specific. Stretch of the course until they get pulled in the best you know case scenario, and then they're not there the next lap in the same way that, a sand pit is impeding your opportunity to pass or anything else that's out there. I mean and, and I know that there have been situations in the past where like lap riders have gotten in the way of of races. I think in the women's race in years past it, it has like the 80% rule has completely failed and we have people coming to the finish of races in a pack of lap riders and that's awful. But I think this year it's been you know, I think they're big fields. I think that the laps get faster than people think they are, but they're doing their best to pull those people out, and I don't think, I don't think it's really impacted races at the end.
1: Has anybody ever watched a crit? <laughs> Sometimes lap riders sprint for the podium for the win.
0: <laughs> and that, that's after they get free laps. Always oh, getting <laughs> a free lap in cyclocross.
1: That would be amazing. Added to the game. This race
0: <laughs> <right>. has relapsed. <laughs> Perfect. All right, Michael, this is awesome. Zach, uh, heal up, and uh, hopefully we'll uh, see you back here next week. We'll talk to you then.
1: Folks, back before we started talking about privateers and Lifetime Adventures and aero bars, Swift Racing was there as the meme discipline we all love to mock. And while the meme machine has moved on to gravel racing, Swift Racing is still here. Nowhere Fast is the virtual racing podcast you didn't know you needed. It's a real podcast about real racing on fake bikes. Join host Kevin Bouchard-Hall, Mike Swart, and me, Zach Schuster, for interviews,
0: takes from inside the Zeloton, virtual racing coverage, and of course, cheating.
1: Download Nowhere Fast at the Wide Angle Podium website, or listen on your preferred podcast app. You can come for the KBH stories and stay for the semi-serious discussion of real fake racing. And like, ride on, or whatever.